This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I'm offended. It's outrageous. It's egregious. It's preposterous. <laughs> that, 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 that would be put on me. But I can't say that I don't understand it. You, you know what the best part about that is? I thought this is where you were going to go. Mm. Everybody is just having a great laugh right there. That's like six different voices laughing at the top of their lungs oh, at yeah. the end of that segment. Oh, there's no question. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I do. And I and I guarantee you that this guy with us right now was absolutely laughing when he heard it. It's Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80 presented by Progressive Insurance. He is Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, who joins us each and every Friday at this time. Uh, Jeffrey, uh, your impressions of that uh, blowing of the nose. What was that? What what was that sound? That that was a sneeze, I'm told? That was was me blowing my nose, thought that I had hit the kill mic switch. My allergies were kicking up the other day. But it's also like a, a, a over dramatic, like like old man, like you were using a handkerchief <laughs> kind of thing. Yes, you know, like not just a like that's what I do, like that, not like a like that. It is. It sounds you know, like, like something. It doesn't. It sound like something that would be in a cartoon, Jeff. Like a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Like you can see the handkerchief blowing right. like dramatically in front of the nose. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm disgusted. Honestly, <laughs> listen. Joe the other day thought it was it thought it was New Year's Eve. It was a party favor. <laughs> is that a, is that a normal occurrence? Would you consider that to be your normal? Uh, Routine for, for no, as for, I said, my allergies were kicking up in particular the other day. Oh, okay, so, but your allergies have kicked up before. So, do you normally sure. blow your nose like that? His no, Jeff. His nose is the unofficial third host of this show. It's Carlin versus so, Joe versus Carlin's nose. So you actually, you feel like uh, that that was a normal occurrence. It's just that we all heard it. Um, yes. I, I thought it was just a normal nose blow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I absolutely thought did. he just that's thought like he was living his life. Apparently do. All right. Well, this leads to question disgusting. one, Jeffrey. What is the etiquette publicly of nose blowing? Don't make <laughs> that sound. I don't know. Try to just be a little discreet. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not a really, I'm not a big, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've never even farted in front of my wife ever. Like ten years. I don't. Once, I don't find marriage. that to be surprising. Carlin, yeah. different scenario. You doesn't surprise me. You, you, you look you, like somebody you, who would suppress some emotions. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, you're probably the guy who. What do they call that when you uh, the, the oven with the sheets? Uh, no, like the no, old no, Dutch no. oven. No, here's the thing, <laughs> Jeff. I said this last hour. I do not Dutch oven. No, no. I don't know about that. I, no, I promise I think, you I don't. I think Darlington's onto something here. He is a reporter after all. He has a nose for these things. If he wants to come and investigate, be my guest. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just not a big uh, public display of... Uh, flatulence? Flatulence out of any... I don't, I don't do that. Out of any... How did we get here? I don't do that either. That is not me. If you blow your nose like that... You're also the guy who's on, like, the subway and just sort of lifts your cheek. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, this is. All right, Jeff. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, I, I mean, this is probably oh. lunch hour. We should stop. Yeah, uh, sorry, yeah, everyone. That's that's actually a very good point. Hey, Jeff's got Bill's Chiefs this week. Yeah, it's so football let's game. dive in. Uh, <laughs> right. Jeff, what is your take on where the Chiefs are right now and where they are headed this season? Is this? Do you look at this window and view um, it somehow as closing? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I I believe that that um, Josh Allen is still a generational talent at quarterback. Um, uh, you know, as long as he is like perennially healthy, like as long as he doesn't go down the Ken Newton road, which I have feared for him, but you know, you take the hits in your early twenties and you think you're invincible and you tell everybody I'll be fine. By the time you're 28, 29, you start to feel all of that. And we've seen that time and time again, as long as he is though healthy. Um, I, I think that this team always does have a chance. I'm really curious to see, you know, the, the report yesterday from Ty Dunn about Sean McDermott and a lot of the fallout from that, if that impacts the locker room at all. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that will have an impact whatsoever or if it will galvanize them. Um, I don't know if Sean McDermott's future in Buffalo uh, is perfectly safe at this point. But what I do know is that when you have the quarterback, you've got a chance. So I'm not – I think they're a tough team with a tough defense. Uh, they play tough football. Uh, to me – that's always a dangerous proposition. All right, let's stay on that for a moment regarding McDermott's comments uh, to the team regarding 9-11, according to this report, back in 2019. Yeah. They're coming out now. That's yeah. interesting to me because it's been a few years, and during that time the Bills have had a lot of success, but now when they're struggling and we're late in the mm-hmm. season and things have looked a little messy, now we start right. to hear about these comments that could have caused some sort of issue here. What do you make of that? I didn't know it was four years ago until recently. Um, it doesn't excuse the comments are absolutely idiotic on every level. It's just stupid. It's not only insulting and vulgar, it's not even a good use of like words. Like it's just not good leadership. I, I don't know. It's not going to resonate in the locker room. So on every level, it's terrible. But if it's been four years and the organization hasn't done anything about it yet and seemingly 200 people were in the room for it, I also am not really a big believer in like retroactive punishment. Like, are they now going to react because the public knows? Um, that feels kind of weak, too. Uh, I think that it's, it's a bad situation for all involved in Buffalo. Um, you know, I'm curious how it impacts the team moving forward. But it's not like this is a surprise to necessarily – it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody in the building, which, by the way, I recognize is equally weird. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. So he apologizes to everybody in it, and, and you yeah. mentioned it's hard to tell what, what the effect of this is going to be. But let's, let's look at it at other situations when you've had distractions caused by outside influences mm-hmm. and – I guess the makeup of the bills is you look at them and how they may handle it. Um, you know, to your point, winning cures all. If this, yeah. if this came out three years ago, people would be like, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know what the reaction would have been on. I mean, he's in state of New York for God's sake. Like, God, what is It's just a stupid thing. Like, a, it's just altogether dumb. Um, I, I don't know, though. I really don't. And I, I'm not one to really speak for how players should feel or how a locker room should feel. 
Um, I tend to think that the impact of his, and whether you, I mean, whether this is a bummer or not, I tend to think his ability to coach and lead a locker room is going to be the thing that ultimately gets him to keep his job or not. Um, Again, we're talking about four years ago. I I would have thought that something would have happened if it was going to happen within that span. Public pressure can be a damning thing, but I just, I don't know. I'm not one to to speak for the feelings of players that, um, that I'm not around every day. Prior to all of this, Jeff, like let's pretend this report never even comes out. Was McDermott on yeah. the hot seat based yeah, on the I way guess, things had gone this season? I guess that's my biggest point is that, you know, when you read that article, um, and if you do, it's a three-part series, and, you know, it's a bit of a takedown of Sean McDermott, but it's also pretty chock full of anecdotal evidence of some of the issues plaguing the team. Um, I, I think it does illustrate that, there seems to be a leadership problem within the Bills organization. And to me, that like the anecdotes are always the most powerful um, element. But I do think that the bigger issue here is that um, whether that story came out or not, um, there seems to be a real issue between uh, Sean McDermott and the success and failures of this team. So is he on the hot seat? I would say absolutely. Does it mean he's going to get fired at the end of the year? I don't know. It's pretty crazy to think, though, that we could be without – Three, I mean, I, I, like, is Robert Sala, like, is, is the Jets situation going downhill fast? Uh, is he on the hot seat? Is Belichick? I mean, could we be without three of the four AFC East coaches, uh, a division that went into this season feeling like it was the juggernaut of the NFL? Like, that's a pretty incredible 180 from the start of this season. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, has Bill's Chiefs Sunday. All right, what about the Chiefs on, on the other side? We know Patrick Mahomes is going to have a couple of windows at championships here, but is this particular yeah. one starting to close? I think that Brett Beach does a really good job of drafting, and that's like the, the GM of the Chiefs. They've got great coaching. So, no, I'm not a believer that this window is closing on the Chiefs. I do think they've got to find him help. I know Patrick is really good about not throwing anybody under the bus, not saying that his wide receivers are, are deficient. I mean, I'll say it though. Like they need more weapons in the passing game. Um, it, to me, watching that Packers game, I was there last week and it felt like at the end of the game, excuse me, that I just didn't, it didn't feel like Mahomes had a chance. It felt like he was throwing up prayers and that doesn't feel like something that we should be uh, having out of Mahomes. I mean, so to me, I, I, no, I don't think the window is closing. Um, but I do think that they've got to maybe take a page from the book of the Packers in the mid-2010s when Aaron Rodgers couldn't get a wide receiver and and thus couldn't really get many Super Bowls. Um, They've got to put talent around him no matter how good Patrick Mahomes is, and I think that's going to be the key to keeping that window open. Jeffrey, enjoy Kansas City. We appreciate it, brother. You know, it was a a roller coaster ride, guys. It really really was. We got – I mean, I was – you know, I mean, listen, a lot. This heavy. show is nothing if not versatile. Exactly. Exactly. We can. We are going to take your emotions everywhere. It's what we do. Yeah. There you go. That's everywhere. All right. Thank you. Go back to laying some sod, boys. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> laying some sod. Oh, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel eighty. Like landscaping is like the last thing I would be thinking about doing. I don't think that's what he's referring to. Oh. I think it's probably a, a play on words, as they would say. That's unfortunate. Based on what happened at the beginning of the segment regarding you and all of your outbursts, shall we say? Thanks. Next on ESPN. (laughs) 
This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Frankly, I, I didn't know what I was looking at yesterday afternoon, Joe, when I saw the Sean McDermott story pop up. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, because it was kind of mo- one of those moments of, wait, he, he, he said what? what? What was this? Like, I almost couldn't believe... And we'll get to the stupidity factor in a second, but just all of the context around what he was trying to convey in his message to the team at St. John Fisher College about 9-11 and leadership, like, we're, we're, it took me a good two, three minutes. You're like, what, do you, what is it you're trying to get across here? It's an all-time boneheaded analogy. That's, that's, I think, the best way to try to look at this. It is a boneheaded analogy. For those who are unaware, and correct me if I'm wrong here, he's trying to draw a leadership comparison in regards to 9-11, but not the American side of 9-11. Right. And I think that's where we'll just leave it, unless you want to go further with that, well, because let, if we want to really dissect no. these comments. No, we don't, we don't need to do that, but let's hear at least from what McDermott had to say yesterday in his public apology. And there are some issues with this too. I want to reference um, the team meeting that has been brought up. Uh, My intent in the meeting that day was to discuss the importance of communication and being on the same page with the team. I regretted mentioning 9-11 in my message that day and I immediately apologized to the team. Not only was 9-11 a horrific event in our country's history, but a day but a day that I lost a good family friend. Okay, a um, few things here. Number one, I don't care about your intent. There are certain things you do not do and you do not talk about when you are trying to deliver messages or invoke. And 9-11 is one of those topics that you just do not invoke because... There's just no need for it whatsoever. If you can't come up with something else, then you're dumber than I thought. Number two, um, I I don't want to hear from Sean in that moment of I lost somebody on 9-11 too. That, that feels like Sean putting up an immediate shield in front of him and using whoever that person was 
to protect himself in his comments. And and I think that's incredibly disrespectful on his part, Joe. I I don't know why exactly he would do that in that moment too, not recognizing that, you know what, no matter what the intent was or who I lost on 9-11, this was just flat out dumb all around and I shouldn't try to explain it. Well, if you lost someone on in 9-11, wouldn't you be more sensitive to the analogy I, I you're trying to draw? I don't know why you would even make it in the first place. Like, that's the thing. If, if you And I'm not saying he didn't. That's not what this is about. Just yeah. the idea that no, if, no, no, absolutely. If, if you lost someone in that, you understand the tragedy about as well as anyone can. So yeah. with that in mind, why would you then use that as an example to try to convey an analogy on leadership and, or excuse me, communication to your football team when there are so many other things you could have gone to? Birds are really good at communicating with one another, right? Yeah. You could use birds as an example. Uh, wolves. Have you ever seen how wolves communicate with one another when they're hunting something? They're really good at that. You could use a wolf as an example and a wolf pack when they're going after something. And that would probably get the analogy across as well, rather than going to something that you of all people having lost somebody in nine 11 should understand. Um, listen, it is uh, certainly odd that it comes out four years later. And I agree with Jeff, uh, not even agree. I'm in the same situation as Jeff is. I did not realize until late last night, early this morning, early this morning that that was in 2019. Like, I thought maybe it was in the summer or... Or like most of us thought this happened in the last couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, So it is strange that it comes out, but it it makes me um, wonder. Sean certainly made it seem like, as he apologized to the team, that quite a few people knew about this, which leads me to believe um, that it at some point had made its way up to ownership. Here's the thing, Joe. I don't ever love doing this. What he did in this particular meeting was a fireable offense. The meeting you, from 2019? Yes. When, okay. At the time I'm talking about. Like now, if you're somebody that just doesn't like Sean McDermott and you're leading, leaking all that stuff out now, or people are trying to get him fired, like, I, I don't even want to know you as a person. I'm not, you know, that that's your deal, okay? Um, I'm not, and that's certainly not justifying anything that he did just because it's four years ago. Uh, Jeff alluded to this earlier. What, just because it became public now, we're going to fire him? Well, that happens quite often. That happens quite often, that when things become public and someone wasn't fired or disciplined for it before, and they, it, it happens later on. I mean, you had opportunities when this team was in the AFC championship game to leak this information. You had opportunities to put this information out there at any point in the last few years when the Bills were one of the hot stories that were ascending in the AFC, possible Super Bowl contenders. It's interesting, like you said, that it comes out now when the Bills are middling, when the entire season has been a struggle, when the season started with an issue between the quarterback and the star wide receiver, apparently, and then there were some losses that you didn't expect, and then there were some injuries, and then the season continued to get away from them, and then they fire an offensive coordinator. Now this news is coming out. It almost feels like there's some sort of push in order to get him out of there. Maybe well, that's just wild speculation, but again, why didn't we talk about this right after they lost the AFC Championship game to the Chiefs or right before they played in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs? Look, I think if you fire Sean McDermott now, I'm actually not going to have that big of a problem with firing him now at all. 
for this coming out. I would ask, was there any discipline ever handed out besides a stern talking to maybe back when it happened? Like, why wasn't it happening back then? I, like, nobody's firing ownership, right? But certainly, this is an offense to me that is so far down the line of stupidity. I can't have you leading my team I, if you're going to say stuff like this. Like, that's just remarkably insensitive and dumb in so many ways. I don't want you around if you're going to do that. This is... At that point, it's 18 years later. We hadn't figured out that maybe that's not the correlation you make. It's uh, Is it odd that this didn't leak at the time? Like, if this is as offensive as it is, which I'm not saying it isn't, but you would think that with how many people were in that so. room listening to this, that not a, at least one or two maybe thought to tell somebody about it in the sense of like, man, can you believe that like this actually just happened, that it wouldn't have leaked to a reporter? I just It's leaking now. Why didn't it leak then? I wish I wish odd. I had an answer. The whole to that. thing is very odd. I think that there when things like that don't leak and it's in front of a lot of people, there there seems to be a pretty well put together plan of making sure it doesn't leak. And then or holding on to it, frankly, to until it's convenient for it to leak. Which very easily could have happened. But I, I the whole thing is it just makes you feel disgusting and I don't know that I can look at Sean McDermott the same way again. That That's my thing right now. Just as, like, how would you possibly make that correlation as a person? I don't get it. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I don't know that this leads to it happening, but I certainly would understand if he got fired. You know what, Joe? Let's get back to some games. We're going to do that here because we have got plenty to get into. It's not just one game this weekend. No, 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 no. It's not just Eagle Cowboys, Eagles Cowboys. There is a lot to discuss. And Joseph and I have you covered. You're welcome on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Starts with Jalen Hurst, and I think the RPO game has to really be relevant in this game. Dak Prescott needs to keep being the Dak Prescott that we saw over the last few weeks. Last time they played the Eagles, they did enough to win that game if he didn't step out of bounds. So he needs to keep being Dak, and they have the best chance to be on top of that division. Let's start right off the Eagles right now. By the way, been very physical most of the season and found ways to win against very good teams, and all of a sudden we're going to write them off because they play a bad game. Carlin versus Joey, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Eagles-Cowboys is a massive game this weekend. That's where we will begin with our good friend Harry Douglas, co-host of Freddie and Harry every afternoon right after us on ESPN Radio from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern, along with the great Freddie Fritz-Simmons. What is up, Harold Anthony Douglas? <laughs> What's up, fellas, man? I'm glad to join y'all today. You know y'all two are my favorite people, right? Well, I mean, it goes without saying. Very kind of you, HD. Very kind of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Harry, let's start here. Uh, as 
one of our favorite people, clearly, because you are always smiling. But let's let's start on the Eagles side, because there's not a lot smiling right now after what happened with uh, San Francisco this past week. They've got the Cowboys this week, and there's an awful lot of focus about the Eagles and getting away from an identity of running the football. When you look at their offense, what do you see right now? Well, I, I see a team that's not committed to it. And when you looked at the Philadelphia Eagles in 2022, even though they passed the football so effectively, they were pretty dynamic in running the football and winning the line of scrimmage. And that's not what I'm seeing on film when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles in 2023. Against the Dallas Cowboys, it's going to be imperative that they run the football effectively. And also DeAndre Swift is a guy that's getting a lot of carries in that run game is the forefront of things. It's, it's, it's unique when you're able to have a – you know, A.J. Brown, a Devontae Smith, a Dallas Goddard and company. But at the same time, when you have this offensive line that they do have, in which I need to be honest, too, they haven't played up to the level that they played up a year ago either. But offensive linemen are one of my favorite groups on the football field. Those guys love to run block more so than they love to pass block. And trust me, when you have a solid offensive line like the Philadelphia Eagles over the last few years, they can do both, but if you put a microphone on each one of those guys and ask them which one would they rather do, I'm pretty sure every last one of them would say, we would rather run block than we like to pass block. Nick Bosa came out after the game in last week's Niners win over the Eagles, and he basically said that the Niners have given the Cowboys the blueprint to beat the Eagles. When you're watching that game, is that what San Francisco laid out defensively? Well, my only rebuttal to that is do it when it matters. And why is Nick Bosa like telling the world, hey, we have the blueprint, we have the blueprint. Is he begging Dallas to beat them so they can get in a certain spot? Come on, man. What are we doing here? <laughs> like I'm pretty sure, like, like if you gonna stop the, the Philadelphia Eagles, you you figure out your way to stop them because everybody don't have the personnel that the that the um, San Francisco 49ers have. So just because you were able to be successful with something, don't mean the next team is going to be able to be successful in that manner because they might not have the personnel. They might not have a Chase Young and a Nick Bosa and a and a Javon Hargrave and an Eric Armstead and all these guys on on their defensive line or a Dre Greenlaw and also a Fred Warner at the linebacker position. So what works for one team necessarily doesn't work for the, the, the next team because their personnel might not m- match the same personnel that the team that had success actually had. It's Harry Douglas, of course, co-host Harry, uh, Freddie and Harry. It should be Harry and Freddie. I mean, let's call it what it is on ESPN oh, Radio. Boy, no, no, no. They got it right. Freddie and Harry. They have there it right. Go. Don't you're not going to do that today. No, no, no. It's a love Friday. You don't do that on love. Friday. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look, I, I can only you know, do so much to not reveal our private conversations. That's fine. Uh, (laughs) So let's go here. How are you going to look at the Cowboys on Monday if they win this game? Um, I think they have an opportunity now at that point. Now, it's still a stretch because the Eagles, I think, will still have to lose some games because of their record and tiebreakers and how that whole thing goes. Uh, But you got to like their chances. If they lose this football game, Ooh, that, that's going to be a rough one. Their chances to get the number one seed, their chances to win the NFC East have gone down the drain. Also, now you're looking at half. You might, you're probably going to have to go to San Francisco and go to Philly and try to win a game, win games in the playoffs. They try to get, reach your common goal. That's not happening for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm just going to straight up tell you right now, it's not happening. So they have to win this game to give them, uh, so they can be in a, a step closer to potentially getting the number one seed and winning the NFC East and playing at home within the playoffs. 
All right, another big game this weekend, the undercard, so to speak. It's the Bills and the Chiefs. Chiefs laying a point and a half, very tight line here. I'm curious, big picture about the Chiefs. You know, we've seen them top 21 points just twice in their last seven games. The offense is obviously down a little bit this year. They're trying to figure some things out at wide receiver. Kelsey's numbers are down a little bit as well. 34 years old. He's played in 155 regular season games. I, I know that it might just be a little bit of a slump and that they can figure some things out, but I'm wondering, next few years, how easy is it going to be for the Chiefs to just snap right back into being one of these lethal offenses? Because it feels like you need a lot more than just one wide receiver to solve this issue. Well, I would say this too. I think it, it has to be the Travis Kelsey that we are accustomed to seeing on a regular basis. Now, you look at the last five games, and they're two and three in the last five games. If I was to tell you to bet every dollar on your name that Travis Kelsey will have more than one touchdown in the last five games, would you do it, Joe? Don't you tempt me, Harry. You know I like to dabble. Well, <laughs> the crazy thing is that he's only had one touchdown pass in the last five games. Crazy. Crazy. Like that, that's insane, isn't it? Yeah. And this is the go-to guy who Patrick Mahomes is his security blanket. So I think collectively it's Travis Kelsey getting back to his normal self. And also it's still these receivers um, stepping up to the bill. And Rasheed Rice is trying to do a little bit of that. But the Sky Moores, the Kadarius Tony, those guys have to step up and make plays uh, on a consistent basis. Not one here and then they they disappear. Not two here and then they disappear. They have to consistently make plays and continuously earn that trust from their quarterback Patrick Mahomes. But I have more faith in Travis Kelsey being his old self more so than I do than the receivers get on board. Oh, okay, but with that in mind, with the receivers, Harry. Uh, how long is it, even if they're young, with, with Tony uh, and with uh, Sky Moore here, that you're actually giving them a chance to develop versus, well, this is what you are to us and we're moving on? Well, we, we got to look at this team last year and guys that's on the defensive side of the ball, right? They went through this last year, but they happened to um, have a lot of guys young in their secondary that stepped up and made plays. When you look at a Brian Cook and you look at a George Kalafas and all those guys, Joshua Williams, those were young cats last year, right? And they, they had an opportunity to get a lot of experience. And, oh, well, the Kansas City Chiefs happened to win the Super Bowl on top of that. Now you fast forward to this season and they're a top five, one of the top defenses in the National Football League. So uh, I think that's the way the front office is kind of looking at it. Like, you know what? Maybe at some point these guys will turn the corner like our young players defensively have been able to do. And I hope they can too. I actually picked them in this game to, ha to have a big one, the wide receivers, because they need it. They really do. Great stuff, Harry. We appreciate it, man. No, no problem, guys. Happy Love Friday, Harry. It's Love Friday. <laughs> I don't have a deep voice, man. I tried. I like it. No, that was nice. We appreciate the attack. <laughs> no, but there, but you, know, it, you may not think it's deep, but it's smooth. It's like, very there is, smooth. Okay. There is a degree of charm that immediately comes across in your tone of voice. Yes. That you're going to get someone's <laughs> attention. So, yeah. yeah. All right. I'll, I'll take that. All right. No, it's a, it's a high compliment because when you when you start talking to Harry, you immediately feel a little bit... A little bit warmer, a little bit yes. kinder. Yeah. You start talking to Carlin, you're like, when's this going to end? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all are crazy. <laughs> Harry Douglas, co-host of Freddie and Harry, right after us, 3 p.m. Eastern, every single day on ESPN Radio. In just moments, imagine being a young superstar and playing in the biggest game of your career and then coming up small.
That's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. versus Joe on ESPN Radio. With our good friend Harry Douglas, co-host of Freddie and Harry every afternoon right after us on ESPN Radio from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern along with the great Freddie Fitzsimmons. Freddie Fitzsimmons, huh? I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. That's very clear. And yet, of all careers to choose, this is one of the easiest. I know. You just say words. You hit a button and turn it on, and then you say words, and then you turn it off. And the turning on part seems to be a problem. Well, it's not the like turning he ever off did... part seems to be a problem. The words well, are now a problem. It's not like he ever, you know, co-hosted a show for I don't know ten years with Ian Fitzsimmons, <laughs> where that would be completely excusable for that to be the case. <laughs> it never happened, Freddie Fitzsimmons. Seriously, I mean, at what? At when did you realize, like? This guy, he may not be the most buttoned up guy. <laughs> Probably right before I accepted the offer. <laughs> was it's there like, a moment? You know what you're getting into here. Yeah. Was, yes. there, was there a moment? Challenge like, accepted. Okay. And like, okay, this guy's going to be the one taking us in and out of breaks. Yeah. And so, all that. So here's our thought. And here's how Freddie we plan on winning. We're going to take this guy completely disorganized and we're going to put him in charge. We're going to make him the quarterback. <laughs> And then, you know, my response is, I think that's a wonderful idea. Let's go. (laughs) Don't see any flaws there. I'm in. (laughs) Well, Carlin, I I thought you got him confused with uh, the the great Freddie Fitzsimmons of the New York Giants in the 1940s. Baseball player. There actually is a, well, I mean, I I guess there's, I should, there's a fame, there's a baseball player. What do you hit career wise? You got his uh, baseball reference. He was a pitcher. He's a pitcher. What's he got for us? What's he working? You You don't have any stats? 3.51 3.51 career ERA. It's not bad. Not bad. It's serviceable. Fourth spot in the rotation. It's an all-star in today's baseball. Yeah, it's, I, I guess. What, what, what were we working with there? Two-seamer, four-seamer? What was he doing? <laughs> I don't have his arsenal. Why don't you get on fan graphs and figure it out? <laughs> you think they recorded that back in the 1940s? <laughs> yeah, no idea. No idea. <laughs> so let's see. In, in the course of this show, I have basically been called a fat slob and now one that is old as well. In the 1940s, you remember him. Thank you. Where did the fat slob part come from? Because of all the snow, all the the nose blowing and other sounds coming from my body. What does that have to do with being fat? Well, because because Greeny made the comment of, "Oh, you look at him. I wouldn't think that's what <laughs> that's it true. was." That's yeah. true. And Greeny's a guy who tucks his shirt in, so. Greeny's a guy I would believe that would tuck his t-shirt in. <laughs> come on. Honestly. That's what I see. Into his shorts. <laughs> As he goes to sleep. Yes. Uh, yes. Right. This underwear. could go on forever. Yes. All right. All right. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I, and nobody, by the way, here's even how I know that we're really all on the same team together. <laughs> nobody said in, got in my ear there and said, oh, yeah, by the way, you said uh, Freddie Fitzsimmons there. No, oh, I immediately no. started working on the. No, no, no. Was, no. Oh, let's let's cut that up. No, let's, he went right to work like you'd expect, and then came in here and made sure everything was muted so that you could not hear him explaining to me how hilarious this would be. This whole thing was has been in motion for a while. Yeah, how about Harry Douglas just letting him do it? That's his co-host, and yes. he's just like, "All right, Freddie Fitzsimmons." Yes. All right. And, and, Harry's and, gonna ca- Harry's catching some shrapnel here. I don't think that's what what Harry was doing. 
Now, if we want to start some trouble, we can say that. But I have a feeling Harry came on, probably noticed it. And being as how Harry's all class. Professional. Like, yeah. yeah, Harry's all class. He's professional. He frankly has no business in this radio lineup because top to bottom, there's no professionalism anywhere to be found. Greenberg included. No. So, I mean, the fact that he's in there, he probably let it slide because he's like, people make mistakes. I don't need to point them out. Well, he's, Not on this show. He's probably telling Shannon and Freddie, that boy bad. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way. Like, just to say that earlier, like when we're asking, I, I asked a question about the Chiefs to Jeff Darlington, and I think he thought I was asking about the Bills. Yeah. I was going to come right back with immediately. Yeah, no, that wasn't my question. Yeah. <laughs> we, I was working with Evan off mic because we we were going to ask, like, the Chiefs window. It, it You know, Kelsey getting older, his game falling off a little bit this season. Is there something to be concerned with? And no one has asked that question, but everyone's asked it about the Bills. So he just immediately started answering about the Bills. Yes. And I'm looking at everyone through the glass. I'm like, I did did, did Darles get this wrong? <laughs> so, but here's the point. I was more than willing to jump in and and say and point out, by the way, yeah, wrong answer. Hey, there. listen, yeah. idiot, pretty yes. boy. We didn't ask that. But no, you went right into it and picked it up immediately, mm. which you should have because the topic turned a little darker at that point. But that's OK. Listen, I will sit here and I will be your court jester. You know, make with the yuck, yuck, fatty. Let's go. <laughs> Blow your nose into the microphone accidentally. You just, Call people by the wrong name. You just do it. You, <laughs> you make it so easy for everyone. And it's not like people are looking to bring you down. You're just giving them all I the understand. ammo they need. I understand that. And and here's the thing. Like, I think, I think, and I can be told if I'm wrong here. When I'm doing games, like I'm completely different in terms of buttoned up. That's what's odd. You call games. And that requires a a high degree of the buttoning up. It feels like when Will Ferrell is getting up on stage to debate James Carville and like he blacks out. Like maybe I black out for three hours. It's it's that or it's the you calling Rutgers games is the like 13 year old going to church. He's all dressed up. And the second he gets out of church and out of the car and he's back home, the suit comes off and just goes right to the floor. And that's you doing sports talk radio. I was that guy. I was absolutely. We all were. You're not going to wear the suit all day. No one, no 13 year old wants to be in the suit. No, but I mean, no, I was the kid in church. who's like pulling at the tie immediately because the collar was always a little bit snug. You, I was going to say, in a, the nicest way possible, were you were you thick back then as well? Uh, I think thick would be a word that you could use for a child, yeah. I would not say that I was off the charts like you might classify it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I would say that. The part where the doctor just sees you walk in and shakes his head and is like, let's make this quick. Nothing, yeah. nothing can be done here. No, exactly. We... I, oh, I see we're really worried about future yeah. you, huh? You're you're clearly not going to listen to my rant on vegetables, so let's just get this over with. <laughs> Doc, do me a favor. Just sign the note that says I can fly, okay? <laughs> Here's your 50 bucks. We're good. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Happy Friday. That's how I used to just – it's still kind of how I do. Like, I have gotten on the plane – and if I don't need to get that extender from the flight attendant, we're good. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Well, speaking have, of extenders. I haven't had to do that yet. Speaking of which, our Pelicans guy, unable to extend their playoff stay in the in-season tournament. Boom. If you want professionalism in the radio department. There it is. Right here. Boy, you're, you were not kidding yesterday. I mean, you talk about that being the most important game of his career. Right. And 
he came up as small as possible. Like he looked okay early, and like all right, it was almost like I'm watching that, thinking, "All right, the Lakers are just giving him almost a false sense of security." Like, okay, sure, go ahead, get out to a good start. Dude was just disappearing in that game. He, last he night. stunk. He was a non-factor he in really the biggest was. game of his career. And people will say, "How can you call that the biggest game of his career?" Because it was. Zion Williamson has never been in a playoff game. He's never played a meaningful game in his five years in the NBA until last night. LeBron James semifinals of the in-season tournament. You can tell me it's not that important. You can tell me it's not that big of a deal. It's certainly bigger than any of the regular season games he has played in to date, and he was nowhere to be found. But you know what the catch is? You need experiences like this. If you're going to take your game to the next level, if that team is going to find their way into being a formidable contender in the West, you need to get slapped around every now and again. You need to walk into the playoffs, and you need to get beaten up. You need to go up against the best, and you need to get punished so that you realize what it's going to take to get to the next level. Because he has been coasting through his entire NBA career to this point. Those are facts. Those aren't opinions. He's been taking it easy with the weight. He's been taking it easy with the working out, with the preparation. He's missed a ton of time due to injuries. And here we are. There is finally a game for him to step up and show people something. And he did nothing. So hopefully this is a big wake-up call to him and the Pelicans that if you thought you were ready to turn the corner, you're nowhere close. But I think it's an opportunity for him. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I'm I'm not 100% convinced he's going to treat it that way. Because, yes, players are treating this tournament with an urgency is Zion Williamson mature enough to treat this as if it means something like the playoffs yet I don't know the answer to that he talked about it afterwards in a way and we can discuss this a little bit later but he did talk about it a little bit afterwards in terms of it being disappointing and how they didn't do it nearly enough in terms of aggression I think he realized at the very least afterwards it was a big missed opportunity Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Up next, what is the Eagles' identity? Are we going to finally find out? This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.